In the name of the true and living God, amen. Please be seated. My mom was a teacher, an elementary school teacher, and one of her students was a boy named Tyler. And Tyler had cancer, retinoblastoma specifically, which he was diagnosed with at the age of two. And at a very young age, he ended up losing both of his eyes. So he was totally blind, but with glass eyes that imitated real ones that he wore. But even so, he did almost all of the same things that all the other kids did. Played at recess, throwing basketballs with friends, helping him say a little to the right, a little to the left, help him make it in the hoop. He, uh, amazingly, he would swim, and even more amazingly, he would ride, or ride around on rollerblades. Just imagine that. Um, so remember, this is a fifth grader, and sometimes some of the other kids, he was so good at compensating with his other senses that the other kids asked him if he really was blind after all. They thought he was just trying to fool them. And being a fifth grade boy, he did what you would expect. He literally pulled his eyes out of his head to show them. <laughs> Around that time, he was diagnosed with bone cancer. And pretty soon he had to have one of his legs actually amputated. But true to form, Tyler got a prosthetic leg uh, that allowed him to run, and then he got a different one that he could use for swimming and boogie boarding. In high school, he was on the track and field team for all four years, and even became a co-captain during his senior year. He went on to Stanford, where he participated in wrestling and rock climbing. And he studied human biology and sports physiology, and now has a doctorate in physical therapy so that he can help other people overcome their physical challenges. So my family grew up um, with his family. We got to know him pretty well over the years, and watching him as he grew up was inspiring, and it was really humbling. He made it look a lot easier than it was to live the way that he lived. But he showed that healing is more than just overcoming being sick. It's more than just being free from an ailment. It's about being whole. And Tyler was whole. One of the main things that Jesus did in his ministry was to heal people, to make people whole. We call these healings, most of the time, miracles. And really, if you think about the word miracle, it's a word to describe impossible things. And yet, if you have ever experienced any kind of healing, large or small, physical or other, or if you've witnessed healing anywhere, every healing is a miracle. To speak personally, it was about a year ago that I broke a bone for the first time in my life, and some of you may remember. The bone I broke was my C7 vertebra. It was a surfing accident, and I literally broke my neck. One of the amazing things about that experience, and I remember it was about a year ago when I would look at people moving their necks and turning and think, I know I'm supposed to be able to do that again someday, but I wasn't totally convinced I ever would. But here's the thing that just blew me away. The doctors don't really know how to do the healing. All they can do in a case like that is help you 
get out of your body's way. The bone itself knew how to heal. When I was able to just not move my neck, the bone mended its on, all on its own. It's an incredible thing, and the miracles that happen, we don't always call them miracles, but they are. And when we step over these kinds of miracles all the time, it makes it a lot easier for me to truly believe that Jesus did do the healings that we read about. I have a favorite icebreaker question that I have used over the years since I learned it. I usually use it with youth, but it can be used with people of most any age. And to ask the simple question to tell about a scar that you've got, a physical scar. Because just about everybody has some scars, and whatever scar you have, they're usually, uh, they come with a good story. And if somebody is willing to honor you with a story about one of their scars, you're going to learn something important about that person. You're probably going to learn a story of healing. And if some of you are feeling extroverted today, we have a good coffee hour after the service. The extroverts among you might actually ask someone to tell a story or two. You will learn about each other. The gospel lesson today illustrates that we sometimes do get in the way of healing, our own healing or the healing of others. When Jesus heals this woman who has been hunched over for 18 long years, the religious authorities around don't celebrate, they take issue. They say that healing should not be performed on the Sabbath because the Sabbath, of course, is a day of rest. There are six other days on which to perform miracles, but not on the Sabbath. And Jesus, in his reply, uses a phrase that actually we lose in the English, where he says, wouldn't any of you release your animal to allow it to have water on a Sabbath day? But how is that any different from releasing this woman from her illness? The Sabbath is for rest and for release. Healing in its best sense isn't the absence of ailments, but being released from them. It actually makes sense for the Sabbath to be a day of healing. It's a day of rest, and the importance of rest is that it has a lot to do with lessening our busyness, lessening our distraction, catching our breath, and importantly, getting out of God's way, listening for God's word upon our life, and strengthening ourselves to follow what we hear. I want to conclude with a word about the miraculous that breaks into the everyday from a writer that is beloved to many named Frederick Buechner. Uh, Buechner was a Presbyterian minister whose real calling was as a writer, and he died on Monday at the age of 96. And he tells a story in his book, The Alphabet of Grace, about when he was a young Presbyterian minister and his grandmother came up to him and said, I never went in much for miracles. Tell me, dear boy, what is a miracle? According to Beekner, miracles are those times when one plus one becomes a thousand. And after giving a few examples of that, he goes on to write, maybe it is a miracle that happens when you shake hands with your left hand instead of your right hand. 
Right hand, left hand, what difference should it make except, of course, that it makes all the difference? Because right hands have long since forgotten how to clasp in any but a chit-chat way. The right hand, uh, and right hands touching do not often touch life into each other. But the left hand has the advantage of inexperience. To clasp left-handed is for a moment at least to clasp of all things another human hand. And one plus one is more than two. I've shared this reading before, but on this time of his death, this is one of those readings that has opened my eyes to the realm of what is possible. And sometimes what we most need to do is really just to get out of the way of the miracles that God has in store for us and through us. My mom told me once that somebody asked Tyler if he wished that he had never had cancer, if he wished that he had never lost his eyes or his leg. And he said, no, he loved his life. He didn't need healing. He was already whole. Amen. Amen.